0: Five, four. That just makes me think of uh, Wayne's World, when they're oh. when they're getting counted down, and they're like they're they're like mouthing the numbers as they're <laughs> counting down to the time, and then they and then they're like nodding their head with the guy. No, 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 don't nod
1: their head. Yeah, uh, in fact, I think I actually unconsciously do that movement when because I, of that yeah when yeah. I count down uh but now that we're talking about it, I have to now include the five and the four oh, which perfect. I usually cut out okay so. well we can just keep them in this time <laughs> yeah well we'll keep just, it in this time a little little peek behind the curtain there for just everyone know that I, I was nodding my head yeah <laughs> You said when we were sitting down and setting up equipment that, uh, something happened this morning at like 4:30. Oh
0: yeah. In good. The morning. Cause I totally forgot what I was going to talk about in the cold open. So this morning, SpaceX <laughs> successfully launched their starship. Um, this was the second test of the, uh, this design. And of course this is the big boy. This thing's like 300 feet tall and like twice as powerful as the Saturn five rocket that went to the moon and could have gone to Mars. But, uh, the first launch was a. Uh, it went a little bit sideways because old boy was was too powerful and ripped apart the launch pad, through giant chunks of concrete all over the place, actually damaged some of the uh, Raptor engines. Um, the main stage of the uh, Starship launch vehicle has like thirty Raptor engines all on the bottom, and they're all gimbaled so they can move back and forth and like control and and uh, and sideways to like control the flight of the rocket. But in that first test, not all of them um, ignited correctly. And then there was like um, um, some onboard explosions. They ended up uh, self-destructing it after like 30 or 40 seconds or so. Since then, um, they've been working on fixing the landing pad problem, which they did by installing a giant uh, deluge system. So essentially think of like a giant shower head, a giant reinforced steel shower head that's like super big, as big as a soccer field or whatever. And thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons of water is violently pumped through this uh, showerhead facing up, essentially uh, opposing the rocket thrust. So the rocket thrust goes down and instead of that energy smashing into the ground and ripping up concrete, it's instead absorbed by the plate and a lot of that energy is converted to to steam. Like all that heat is converted to steam as the steam blows out. So if you watch the... Starship launch from today, you'll see, but right before the rocket, uh, the rocket ignites, you'll see some like water come up essentially from underneath it, and then when it takes off, that's a huge like the, all that that smoke that you see is not actually smoke; it's all just like flash steamed water that pff, was uh was there. So that
1: is that is a
0: crazy <clears throat> amount of human ingenuity. And and the the wild thing is, they did it in like seven months or eight months. Like they went from a giant hole where their launch pad used to be to uh, this new system. And I actually haven't seen any reports on how well it worked. It looked like it, it was way better than last time because last time you could see like chunks of concrete getting thrown all over the place. This one looked a lot better. All of the Raptor engines on the mains on the uh, second stage. Yeah. On the main stage ignited and it went up and about, I think it was about a a minute or so into the flight. They did their second thing that they were testing. So this one, I mean, they obviously wanted the rocket to get up as best it could, but the main things they wanted to test were the, the deluge system for launching and they're doing a new hot staging procedure. Do you know what hot staging is?
1: uh hot staging it sounds like a exercise fad from the
0: 80s i was gonna say like something theater kids get up to uh maybe they shouldn't but uh they uh that definition also works okay so uh normally so these are these are multi-stage rockets and they go up and the first stage blows through all of its propellant and then traditionally separates and then the second stage kicks its engines on and takes off Ever since SpaceX started recovering their boosters, like from their Dragon capsules and stuff, now part of that procedure is that that booster then turns around, does a boost back maneuver to slow down, and then lands itself either um, on the launch pad in Florida, or they they use those uh, autonomous barges that go out and float in the ocean, and it lands on one of those.
1: Okay, so they can be reused.
0: So they can be reused. Yeah, and that's the plan for all of this stuff. Like the 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 even the Starship is supposed to be a hundred percent renewable and like with a turnaround time of like a couple days so like it flies and you can just send it up again the hot staging procedure is when you do that stage separation but you actually don't wait for the first booster to either run out of gas or to stop uh, to stop ignition. So you're still kind of attached to the to the bottom part of your ship when you ignite those engines underneath, right? And you kind of get a better boost off because you're essentially pushing off of the rocket that's still pushing forward, right? So normally there's a drop in acceleration during the staging procedure where the engine cutoffs and then they poof, separate and then the second one kicks in. With the hot staging maneuver, you're just going the whole time and it's more efficient um, to get into orbit and stuff. And uh, so they had to do, they installed a brand new exhaust ring system in between the first and second stage. They also had to reinforce the pressure dome because the way that Starship works, it's like they're trying to make it as like a simple, I guess, as possible, but it has, uh, it doesn't have tanks inside. The entire ship is a tank, right? So there's just like a separator inside the main booster and they pump liquid oxygen in here and liquid hydrogen in here. And the outside of the ship is the pressure vessel that's holding it as opposed to like internal tanks. Does interesting that makes, does that make sense yeah yeah um and so when you watch them fuel up these boosters you'll see it start freezing essentially where all the liquid liquid fuel is going and so you'll see it like get real frosty on the skin right and it will like frost up frost up frost up and then when they start filling the other uh the other side you'll see it like it also will like frost up and it's all very frosty because it's just the actual pressure vessel all the raptor engines ignited hot staging was su- a successful uh they successfully performed the hot staging maneuver, the main booster then uh, successfully flipped over and almost su- successfully performed its burn back, the burn back maneuver where it ignites its engines again and slows down to, um, to, to come down. Instead, they had what they call a RUD, a rapid unexpected disassembly because um, <laughs> it exploded. It's all data. Yeah, no, it's, it's
1: all data. It was good. Um, it's the reason why they're not manning these rockets, yet. yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is it's all data. gonna take data. at least a couple years. Yeah, this is all uh, data. But
0: it exploded uh, quite spectacularly. There's some good shots of it. <laughs> and then the first stage, the Starship vehicle itself, was supposed to go on a nice leisurely coast. It w- it was never supposed to get all the way up into orbit. It was gonna make like seventy five percent of a revolution around the planet and then crash like somewhere. Um, in the Pacific Ocean, kind of by Hawaii. After about eight minutes, um, there was a loss of signal from the vehicle. And the last I heard was that the auto destruct essentially went off. So like something went wrong to the point where the the AI on board was like, well, this is not recoverable. We're just going to blow it up. And so we're still waiting for more data to come in. um, But very successful test of the uh, Starship launch system. Okay. I was very excited. Oh yeah. I've also been up since four, so I'm a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, I will say, a rocket that is too powerful, uh, prone to being f- frosty, frosty, and a hot stager sounds like me to a T. <laughs> I've been sitting on that one for like half
0: your story. Hey. <laughs> I have no opinion. Just kidding. I have too many opinions. Wait, you know what? I actually do have something to say about that. You did it again. Proceed. I have an idea about that. But here was. I, here's what I was thinking. You know what? I, I saw something the other day. Welcome to I Have Something To Say About That, uh, where uh, two uh, dudes talk about uh, nerd stuff on the internet. Um, if you made it through that first 10 minute uh, space rant, uh, thank you, awesome. Um, the rest of the show is going to be kind of like that. So uh, <laughs> buckle up. I'm trying to think if anything exciting has happened to me since the last time we recorded. I don't think so. Uh, no. I mean, so one one of the downsides to
1: waiting months between recordings is we have enough time to build up accru- some stories, accru- <laughs> some stories. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, this. Uh, this last week, I completed a uh, art commission, i.e., someone actually paid me to do some art, which is every artist's dream. Professional artist. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I've I seen it. It looks good. <laughs> um That's the biggest thing I think that has happened to me in the last week and a half, which I think was the last time we recorded was a week and a half ago from was, this. Was recording. it before
0: or after I went to Pittsburgh? I think before, oh, so you okay. haven't talked about Pittsburgh. Okay, yet. so I went to Pittsburgh to go visit some of my buddies. Uh, my friend Nick, who I went to high school with, and my friend Mark, uh, who um, I went to college with, both live in the Pittsburgh area. Flew out, um, hung out with them for a couple of days. It was good times. It was good to see. It was good to see the 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 old boys. Um, it was um, what do they call it in How I Met Your Mother? Uh, Revertigo, um <laughs> where you essentially just like adopt the mannerisms of whatever of the person that you were when you hung out with that person for sure, like years you, yeah, ago. Yeah yeah yeah. You you um,
1: devolve a little bit. That's right. I and mean devolve sounds like a negative term. But I mean like It's
0: more of a like a a matching of vibes. Like we're yeah. just like, okay, and we're
1: back here. Now we're good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not that's not a bad thing by by any stretch. It's like, it's uh re- recapturing that moment in time and not like going back in
0: time, but Almost like going back in time. Almost. It felt like going back in time a little bit. Um, just like uh, Huey Lewis and the news. Huey Lewis and the news. That's right. Gotta back go in back time. in time. Now that, I met him. You met Huey Lewis? I met Huey Lewis. And yeah. the
1: news? Well, uh, no, it was just Huey Lewis at the time. Um, and his assistant. Where at? I sold him a phone.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. nice.
1: Back when I was selling cell phones.
0: That's wild. That's yeah. wild. Um could old Huey Lewis. He was a quiet guy. Yeah. Surely that song back in time was written specifically for I, it had to have been it, it, it had, had to have been, right? It had
1: to have been written specifically for Back to the Future. Man,
0: I wish Huey Lewis in the News would write like bespoke uh, rock songs for more movies nowadays like like the Avengers or something like that. Like it was just like, <laughs> I think and, that
1: would just still be got to go back in time. I mean, probably, oh, it actually <laughs> actually now. Yeah. <laughs> um, um that was our clever segue to start talking about?
0: Wait a second! You were gonna tell me about Macduff and his lying ways. Oh, that's right. So I've been waiting for this the whole time. Okay. Like, um. So
1: keep that segue in mind. Yeah, it was good. No, it was good. It was good. <laughs> P- pretend I say that later on in the podcast. We can just copy and paste that segment onto the end of this one. Uh, I may or may not actually do that. Um. So bef- as we were setting up, we were we were talking about my dogs and how 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 they're good dogs, but Macduff, my basset hound i i did reveal understands the concept of lying and practices it of course you don't say something like that and not expound upon it but i was like nope i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait until we're recording so we can make a permanent record of how my dog lies okay so uh every morning we feed the dogs uh mcduff huge food hound Mm -hmm. he like inhales his food in in minutes
0: does he have one of those special bowls? He
1: does. Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. and he still just just gets it all in in about two minutes, two to three minutes. Uh, Willow is a much slower eater, so she's just kind of Because
0: she's le- a princess. She's yeah, a dainty yeah. princess deity princess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She's enjoying her food. So what McDuff will do, because he wants Willow's food, is he will walk to the door and pretend like there is something out there. And he will bark, move the do- like the like scratch the door or something like that, and Willow will be like, What what what's going on? What's going on? And like he'll like bark and we'll we'll open the door. Willow will run out and McDuff will just run straight to her food. Willow's food. That's crazy. Like That's deceitful. Like just straight up lying.
0: Poor Willow. She, she, yes. she
1: doesn't even she doesn't even know. Yep. So we stopped falling for it. <laughs> we 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 go, You don't actually want outside. You hound dog, you, dip,
0: you, dip, you duplicitous hound dog. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, we don't let him out. Now we let Willow finish her food.
0: That's funny. <clears throat> yeah.
1: yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like steal her food by just getting up in there while she's eating. No, he, she wants
0: her to leave so we can just have it. So we can just have it. That's terrible. That's <laughs> terrible. Poor Willow. Poor Willow. <laughs> the real victim here. Yep. So that. That is uh, how, how my dog uh, lies. If only he could like travel back in time to before you guys figured him out and then he could, and he could do it again. <laughs> that, that, was, that was pretty good.
1: That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was, all right. We'll, well, we'll go with that.
0: <laughs> so today we wanted to talk about um, some time travel stories, movies mostly, which are, there's a lot of them. Yeah, um, there, there's quite a bit. And it's, it's, it's hard to do. I think it's hard to do well, um, because I mean, cause time travel is made up and people have a bad habit of like setting up their rules and breaking them. That's like almost always the issue I have with time travel movies. Like, cause it's all made up. Like we, nobody knows how time travel actually works, but when you're like crazy scientist, like tells me how time travel works in your story and then you like break those rules. That's not okay.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It it this was uh something that kind of came up in uh last episode and 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 it's like, "Oh, we could do a whole episode on time travel." And so here we are. Doing here we are. Time travel movies are some of my most favorite and least favorite movies. Specifically for that reason is they'll set up rules and then be
0: incredibly inconsistent with it because the plot demands it and see it's, yeah, you need the, I mean, something you need to, you need to work within the rules to get the plot to be where you want it to be. I know it's hard, but it's, it's, it's called writing. And so you just need to just do, just do better. I'm looking (laughs) at you. I'm looking at you looper. Um, (laughs) well,
1: and also that determines how forgiving I am of bad time travel is if the vibe of the movie is like comedic, and the time travel is just serving as a framework for the comedy. I, I I tend to be more forgiving, but when a movie is like super serious about its time travel and then they're like, "How do we end this?" and then they just come up with a nonsensical <laughs> uh, ending based on the rules that they established, I, that's what I take issue with.
0: You know who does who does time travel really good? Hot tub time machine. <laughs> it actually is like the time travel in Hot Tub Time Machine is pretty good. It, I, I actually haven't seen Hot Tub Time Machine. So, oh, so how does the time machine
1: work in, in that movie? Well, it's a hot tub. Yeah, um, I, I get that.
0: And you get into it, and I and then it takes you back to the 80s. But they were in, like, a, an Aspen resort-type place. So imagine, like, Aspen in the 80s comedy. Um, okay. And, like, they met a lot of these people they knew from the future – and, like, like, there was this dude who only had one arm. And so when they came back in time, he had both of his arms still. And so one of the running gags in the movie was they, they were always thinking, like, this was how it was going to happen. Because they didn't know how he lost his arm, but they were just, like, waiting for him to lose his arm the entire movie um and it was hilarious like he was like hailing a cab and they thought like the bus would come by and knock his arm off or but he then he's like never... reaching into sketchy places with his <laughs> arm and they're like oh, oh um but uh hot tub time machine actually did pretty good uh with its time travel stuff so mm-hmm. we'll put that up in like a tier well when you're tearing things why is s on the top i don't understand uh for super i guess i don't i don't know Because why don't you, it's like this one goes to 11. Like I get this one goes to 11, but why don't you just make it go to 10? Like why wouldn't you just make it A?
1: Yeah. I, great, great question. We could do a whole podcast on that. I'm not going to do a whole podcast on that, but so we <laughs> maybe, def- maybe we'll look it up and we'll get back to you.
0: There definitely is like a tiered list of time travel movies that are like better than. So are we doing them in order? Or are we just kind of like, uh,
1: I mean, yeah, I, I so for our listening audience out there, which is our entire audience, um, I wrote down a list of. Uh, time travel movies I did not write them in any particular order okay so I, I mean
0: back to the future was on the top so that's yeah
1: as it should be I mean um, I once again I talked about Huey Lewis in the news that his
0: music made that movie but um, do we want to start with Back? To the sure future? let's talk to about to let's talk about back to the future came out in 1985 Michael J Fox Christopher um, Lloyd Christopher Lloyd um, that weird thing where they shot a quarter of the movie with that different actor guy uh yes eric stoltz eric stoltz there you go backstory about that like uh
1: he he got cast and then like proceeded to treat the movie like it was a serious time travel movie yeah yeah and like the vibe was way off like you can uh see those scenes that he shot
0: like in the diner
1: yeah yeah like you can see those scenes they're readily available online Uh, no, they're not sitting in a vault somewhere and like watching it. I know part of it is biased because I grew up with the Michael J. Fox version of those scenes. So these, but these scenes feel uncomfortable because like he didn't read the same memo that everybody else got that this is supposed to be what type of movie he was in. Yeah. That this is supposed to be like a fun movie. Don't think about it too much. And he kept questioning the script too, and 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 whatnot. And I I think Robert Zemeckis just finally had enough of him. Oh, Zemeckis. And and was like, all right, I gotta. Uh, who was who was our our B choice? Michael what? J. Fox. Oh, the dude from Growing Pains. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Uh, it was who's the bo- isn't it who's the boss?
1: No, he was on Growing Pains.
0: No, Leonardo DiCaprio was on Growing Pains. Oh, then no, it wasn't. It. It wasn't it w- Who's the Boss? It wasn't Who's the Boss. Oh, cuz that was a El- mis- that was Alyssa Milano. Yes. Um
1: Crap, I forgot what sitcom Michael J. Fox was on. Good
0: Times? No.
1: We'll get back to you. We'll put so it. So actually, from what we'll put I understand, in the <clears throat> yeah, we'll put it in the doobly doo. And actually,
0: from what uh, if I remember correctly, Michael J. Fox was actually their first choice, but they couldn't get him because of his pre- his TV. Uh, oh, okay. uh, his TV stuff. So they went okay. with Stoltz, and then when it didn't work, they came back to Michael J. Fox, and we're like, "We'll do kind of whatever like it takes." And so like he would, it was really rough on um, the actor, but he would literally like nap. And, and try to get as much sleep as he could as he was being driven from one set to the other because he would go and do his TV show stuff and then they would drive him over to the Back to the Future set and he would do, you know, a couple scenes there and uh, he was doing like 18-hour days.
1: <clears throat> oh, to be in my early 20s again.
0: Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> that sounds like it would just wreck me. Oh, it, would be um, the, it would be sleeping in the car it would be the worst thing. You're back, <laughs> you would, would, would never recover.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, my first re- media recommendation of this episode is uh, still the Michael J. Fox documentary.
0: Oh, OK. Is it newish?
1: It's newish. Yeah. Okay. It came out like this this year, I think. And that's why I'm like kicking myself that I don't remember the sitcom he was oh. on because I, I just watched that, that documentary and I, I, I can't remember what it is. But it's it's very, very, very good. Also, you know, a little a little sad. Actually. because like you you see where his career j- trajectory was going and then what um his his condition has done to him today
0: spin city spin city was super great. good i love spin city yeah
1: parkinson's uh, man parkinson's scary
0: it's genetic right
1: i, I believe so yeah
0: it's unfortunate, but maybe we can maybe we can knock it out here in the next fifty years or so. Well,
1: Michael J. Fox is trying. Um, he, is, he is he is raising those funds for it. CRISPR. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Sorry, what? Oh, CRISPR. No, it's that thing they use to edit genes. It's, oh, uh, it's the it's the new hotness. There's actually like probably three or four newer hotnesses. It was the first time they were able to snip a genome like accurately and precisely where they wanted to. So they'd be like, we want to remove this gene. And then how do you do that? So they had to this CRISPR thing actually goes in and it kinda of like runs along the DNA like a like a like an RNA sequence. It kinda of splits it off oh, and, sure. and then it poof, cuts it in the right place. It's very impressive.
1: But Back to the future. Back to the future. So, uh,
0: how does the time travel work in Back to the Future? Um, So, in the first
1: movie, they don't really talk too much about how the time travel itself works. Are you kidding me?
0: The, The whole first scene when the car comes out of the thing and he's got the video camera. Sure, but like the actual
1: like logistics of what happened when Marty changed the future. Oh, like like they don't they don't really like dive into the like the paradoxical nature of time travel until the second movie when uh like uh christopher lloyd or when doc brown goes into the whole like all right when this happened we split the timeline and And now we're in a alternate 1985 you
0: know i was thinking like mechanically how does the time travel work oh the flux capacitor oh okay what is a flux capacitor y-shaped neon light there you go and where the flux capacitor come from Doc Brown hit his
1: head on a sink and came up with
0: the idea. Perfect. perfect. (laughs) The biggest downside. (laughs) I I passed the quiz. (laughs) The biggest downside to uh, time travel in Back to the Future is that it takes um, a whopping Um, 1.21. 1.21 gigawatts. Gigawatts. um, Which I heard there's a place in the country where they say gigawatts. Oh, Esco was telling me because he used to live in California and he said people say gigas. Oh, like like gigabyte. Like gigabytes. I mean, Oh my God, and it takes place in California, too. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That, my biggest plot hole with this movie is now it's been filled. <laughs> Thanks, Esco. I know you're listening, buddy. Um, which is a lot of- That's uh, a lot of watts. That's a lot of watts. Um, even in today's, like, even in modern 2023 20, times, um, that's a huge amount. Um, that you, you would have to have, like, a huge battery bank. Anyway- he got around it by uh, harnessing the power of a nuclear reaction. He uh, scammed some terrorists and told them that he was going to build them a bomb, he took their plutonium, and instead gave them a shiny bomb casing of used pinball machine parts. But Not not the, the best move. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it worked out fine. But, uh, but yeah, so you use these plutonium pellets, so you only got a finite amount of juice for your trips, and you dial in the date that you want to go to, you accelerate the old girl to 88 miles per hour, um, which I heard was actually hard for DeLoreans to get to. That initiated the like the temporal vortex and you get traveled back in time. Yeah, I mean, uh, the MacGuffin, the car,
1: I mean, was mostly uh, a plot device. And the actual science behind it eh, mattered less, right? I mean, we're talking about uh, a movie where at the very, very end it takes off off the ground and, and becomes a hovercraft.
0: Well, yeah, I got a hovercraft version in the early 21st century, but here's what's really going to blow your mind. So speaking about how the time travel works, so like in the movie, Marty goes back in time and inadvertently prevents his parents from meeting, thus starts the process of like erasing himself from the timeline through hijinks and shenanigans. He's able to get his parents back together and presumably restore his timeline, but when he... So when he traveled back in time, he ran over that tree, right? Remember the name yep, of the mall? Yep, he created an alternate timeline. So when he shows back up in the future at the end... It's in that a single pine... It's a lone pine mall. Lone pine mall. So yeah. now, so when he's watching the things unfold in front of him, he's watching like his alternate timeline person, because it's not him, right? Cause it's he, not him anymore. He grew up with, two, he grew up with Twin Pines Mall, mm-hmm. and this, this Marty grew up with the affluent parents, and Biff being a nice guy, and a lone pine mall what is that guy's experience when he goes back in time and sees see, his parents as a loser see and sees see his parents as like the nerdy losers getting beat up by biff then what does he have to do and maybe what he does might make that dude maybe plant another tree and so now we have twin pine malls up again or something it's like a failed loop it's like two loops You we only went through half the loop yep so that's <clears throat> The reason why time travel doesn't work. <laughs> and it's really hard, and it's really hard, and it's really hard to write, because then you get guys like me that are like, hmm, but wait a second, I have questions. Yep, so <clears throat> the the best way that I can think
1: about it is is the point, well, and I think uh, Doc Brown explains it, the point where he comes back to 1955, that is universally the same for all Martys. It isn't until... Uh, like the variants, <laughs> it isn't until the variants start happening that now we have branching timelines, timelines
0: but they always come back to the same mm-hmm. 1955.
1: Yeah, it, everything is the same up till that point, and uh, it they don't explain it beyond that, and they don't need to because once again, this movie is like a family adventure movie right like it the time travel is just the narrative plot to, to tell the d- story to tell a story of a you know kid getting to know his parents who n- Cause like
0: everybody thinks their parents are lame and
1: yeah like and actually seeing them as kids seeing like what they were going through and and what life was like like gaining a better understanding of uh, where he came from. That's kind of what the movie is actually about. Um, and then uh, how your decisions affect your future. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the sequel. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is just The Wild West. It's Wild West. It's, yeah. it's, it's
0: <laughs> what else do you want. It's yeah. everything it, you want and more. Yeah, yeah. It um, it
1: doesn't have the overlying themes that 1 and 2 It has did. trains. Yep, it's true. Trains are dope. Uh, um, I, I think that's the reason why <laughs> like the third one is – generally considered the weakest of the three not that it's a bad movie it just it didn't really have that like overall overarching thematic punch yeah it was a rescue the, mission yeah that the um, first one and the, the second one had
0: yeah there is no there is no existential getting erased from history happening uh, mm-hmm. they just had to go or get, or get fixing
1: or fixing a future yeah, yeah that has not happened yet <clears throat> speaking of futures that have not happened yet i'm gonna i'm gonna skip number two and go to three because the 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 that's a better segue okay the terminator movies the main theme being there is no fate but what we make
0: and in uh uh terminator of course uh takes place between several timelines or several time periods right there's like the far future where where skynet has taken over and humanity's on the run and there's like those robots crushing skulls um now did skynet invent the uh tde the time displacement equipment I believe it did. Okay, and then it was
1: captured by humans. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was too late; they already sent a machine back in time, and so they. Did
0: Kyle Reese show up after? They,
1: no, the Kyle Reese was like so in the whole first in the first movie in the prison scene where they're interrogating him. He talks through like the whole scene where he was there when they captured when they defeated Skynet. Skynet uh, Skynet was defeated by John. Yep, Uh, like they had won the war. But by the time that they had captured the time-displacement device, they had already sent a Terminator back in time. Okay. And John Connor, knowing that Kyle Reese was his father, but didn't tell Kyle Reese. Because you don't. Yeah.
0: Already knew. Don't want to spoil the surprise.
1: Yeah. Already knew who to send back in time. (laughs) Because it had. It has happened before and will happen again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the whole theme of the movie is this is the reason why I put Terminator 1 and 2 together because they of Judgment Day. They they thematically tie into each other. The first movie is all about the inevitability of time travel. They're they can't go back in time if there wasn't a reason to go back in time, like or I'm thinking more of the time machine. But uh you know like John Connor would never exist if he hadn't sent Kyle Reese back. So it's like this loop. It's Terminator as, 2 is about a, breaking
0: the loop. It's known as a bootstrap paradox. The looping to go back, to have a reason to go back. And then mm-hmm. keep, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, and then, and then part two was all about uh, breaking that loop. No fate but what we make. No fate but what we make. Um, and they may or may not have broken the loop we of course find out in subsequent sequels that they did not or that they did but Wait, it there happened anyway other,
0: there were other movies no, after forget, Terminator Two. yeah forget i said it there was a sarah connor chronicles that was badass yeah
1: sarah connor chronicles was actually pretty cool um, uh ended on a cliffhanger and then didn't get renewed for another season and it broke my heart
0: oh i forgot to mention and actually it's true for this one too both terminator specifically terminator 2 and back to the future freaking bangers of soundtracks like yeah they're just like super super good um i still
1: get hairs on the back of my head raised whenever i hear the do 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 do
0: it sounds do, like they're do, like do, beating do. metal hammers on oh, anvils yeah, and it sounds like,
1: like yeah music from a factory exact oh, oof, oh. Oof. <laughs> 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 media recommendation terminator soundtrack
0: that one <laughs> well and the back to the future the da na na when he's like in the car and he's oh. like and it won't start and then it kicks on and the music swells and you gas and it's just
1: like, yeah <laughs> yeah uh ma- like masterworks of of cinema both those <laughs> both both those movies um, um but but yeah, the the Terminator, uh, really great, like seemingly, all of this has to happen for it to happen again, right? Um, right. And then Terminator Two, they were like, wait,
0: screw what that. What if it didn't happen? What if it did? But what if we didn't destroy the world? And even shoot, yeah, even Skynet itself was a bootstrap paradox because it was b- Cyberdyne. Michael w- Dyson?
1: Yeah, it wouldn't have been created if the original Terminator hadn't been sent back in time and they retro oh my God. retrofitted the Skynet technology.
0: And John Connor have like the same type of dad situation. Yep. That's wild. Yeah.
1: <laughs> time travel in the Terminator movies. I mean, we could really bust some plot holes in in the time travel for the Terminator movies, but once again, it served as a a narrative framework for the themes yeah. of, of what Terminator is. It's like we make our own destiny and uh, it, it can't be predetermined. Even if it somebody has come back in time, nothing is predetermined.
0: I think I might have to get a no fate tattoo now, now that I just thought about it. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We Like what she carves into the table. Yeah, our Sweet. future no or fate. our potential futures <clears throat> don't define us.
0: How a, what an uplifting message brought to you by Killer Robots. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <Anna so>, Arnold.
1: <laughs> so uh, that, that ties into another time travel movie that I did not put on this list. We're not going to talk about it in depth, but I mentioned it in the previous episode, a time travel movie called Totally Killer. It's like a mashup of Back to the Future, an 80s slasher movie, and a little bit of Hot Tub Time Machine. Interesting. In yeah. You mentioned um, this in the last episode? I, I did. here for that? You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but there's uh, this one sequence where she does reveal to someone that she is from the future. And she's like, So, do the robots kill us all? And she's like, No, they mostly just break down the fabric of our society via dance videos on TikTok. Oof. And, <laughs> Oof. <laughs> and then she's like, They use dance against us? <laughs>
0: That's the evilest thing that I've ever heard. Um, um, it's,
1: it's one of my favorite lines from that movie. What was it called? To kill? To uh, uh, totally killer. Totally killer. Like the eighties phrase. Like totally killer. Radical. Radical. Um. Bodacious. Bodacious. <laughs> um, but it's one of those like fish out of water stories. The time travel in it is terrible in terms of like how it's presented and the logistics of it but i mean it's it's i once again i felt i was much more forgiving of it because it was more about like the fish oh, out of water the fish out of water story anyway
0: and i've it, it, said i know i mentioned it on here before but it's like the uh, the brandon sanderson rules of magic like your character's ability to use the magic to solve the problem is directly like proportional to how well the readers understand how that magic works otherwise it's just like uh uh a Gandalf showing up at the last second to save everybody just like out of nowhere. Yeah, just a you um, shall not pass kind of situation. But that being said, Gandalf, we don't really know what Gandalf can do. Uh you read the books, like you don't really you don't really get a breakdown of Gandalf's powers. He just like can do stuff and then sometimes does do those things. Like in like Totally Killer, um the time travel you know, like you said, it's that's not the important part. They're not using the time travel to solve a whole lot of problems. They're like they're like it's fish out of water.
1: Yeah. Versus like the actual second item on this list 12 monkeys fantastic time machine move or or time travel movie in that it's kind of the same as the hg wells the time machine where like he keeps going back and then coming back to his present day then going back and coming back to his present day and like things keep changing and he keeps having to go back in time
0: wait what (laughs) cole can go back and forth the dude is it Cole?
1: in 12 monkeys? Yeah. I I thought he did. Like like he would he didn't have much control over it. Like it would he would like pop back to present day. I I will admit I haven't seen this movie in a long time. So it's, I might be re- misremembering it.
0: And I so I mean I only remember I only remember the the paradox thing, because that was like that was like the, the, the whole uh, point of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I guess, yeah. I, guess so I don't have to worry par- about spoilers yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, <laughs> but essentially he was sent back in time to stop some sort of horrible cataclysm from happening that turned the future into like a dystopian future. But it was actually him being sent back and like making it was like making phone calls to the future or something like that that actually set it off. Or
1: I, I think it was uh he befriended well, that's a loose term, but he he got to know a character in the past that ultimately his influence is what made that character do a thing that was like the leaping off point of this cataclysm. If I remember correctly, it was Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Daniel's reading the plot synopsis yeah. of Twelve Monkeys right yeah. now. What this is telling me is I should rewatch Twelve Monkeys.
0: Yeah, actually. like because I just read the I just read the very end of the plot synopsis and I just need to like is this the same movie i think i need to watch it again yeah. i remember a lot of really weird headwear and uh in the future yeah it was like very it was fifth uh, elementy yeah uh very uh
1: um city of lost children is a. Uh, i haven't seen uh, city of lost children um it's a it's a french movie the director of alien resurrection is the director of that movie which is why ron perlman is in it because ron perlman is in the city of lost children but very unique visual style kind of like Luc besson who did like the professional fifth element yeah 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 both both solid recommendations um not time travel movies but no no they will whisk you away to a time, though.
0: That's right, The time when <laughs> Natalie Portman was like ten years old. So no, we, maybe sorry. maybe we'll we'll move on from Twelve oh. Monkeys since either because we one don't know Twelve Monkeys because we don't know how we we don't know how it works. There's some sort of bootstrap <laughs> paradox. let's we'll talk about the OG, the time machine. Yes, which I don't know if that's actually the OG, but it's I mean, pretty it's, OG. It's
1: it's it's pretty early on. I will admit I have not read the book in its entirety. I remember reading bits and pieces of it for an English class way back when. But the movie, uh, the most recent Guy Pierce helmed time machine, most recent. Like it was like 20, 20 years ago. Old. Oh, God. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but I was like, wait, didn't I see that movie in high school? Yeah. The most recent, which is t- 20. Some odd years Some odd, ago.
0: It's actually, it's actually really good. So the based off the time machine by H.G. Wells, it takes a pretty pragmatic approach to time travel. Uh, there's this whole part in the beginning of the book, I don't know if it was in the movie or not, where they talk about how, like, they, they, they talk about time, like the time's arrow moving forward as, like, gravity, where, like, we're all falling into the future, right? So we should be able to, like, just, like, how we can you know, make a vehicle that can move back and forth on a plane that we should be able to also move backwards and forwards through time. And dude just built it. He's like, well, I'm going to build a time machine and he gets some brass gears and a big old clock, um, glues them all together, puts a chair on it. And uh, there you go, time machine. Um, and it was forward and backwards time machine, was it not? Yeah, because uh, this
1: I do remember, he does go back in time. And then
0: go back to oh, his own time because he tried. He was trying to save. He was trying to save. He was trying to save his wife. He was trying to save his wife who died. That's right. But it was. But he couldn't do it because the universe would not allow itself to be twisted into a paradox. And so every time he went back to try to save her, the universe ended up giving him another reason to invent a time machine to go back and try to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very Doctor Strange in that episode of What If where he con- no. where it was like a fixed point in time.
1: Yeah, the the paradox that I was talking about a little bit earlier was if you try to go back in time to stop something and you succeed, then there was no reason for you to go back in time in the first place. So then you never went back in time, which means the tragedy that you prevented will ha- still happen. Will then happen. It's funny that, you know, this was like turn of the 20th century
0: literature. It was i I'd, and 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 still like thinking about like that paradox, and they had to and th- and that's why he decided to go forward because he was like I can't go back so I will go forward and see what happens. One of my favorite scenes from that guy Pierce movie is when he's'cause he's in his he's like in his lab his his time machine doesn't move through s- space except to keep up with the planet's orbital rotation, I guess since it doesn't get a fling off into space so it's fine but uh go back in it, time and end up in a wall yeah yeah <laughs> there's no there's a really good there's a re- really good book called um the accidental time machine and this dude was like experimenting with superconductors or whatever and essentially made a box and when you press the box you travel forward in time and each time you travel further than the previous one and when he does travel he does he like moves because he eventually he has to like he's like oh if i'm gonna jump again i'm gonna need to like i'm gonna need a spaceship because the place that i'm gonna end up is gonna be like the planet might be on the other side of the sun to where my current location is. Um, it was really good. He was kind of a, it was an um, old boy had a problem because it only worked forward. I think there was like a, it first was like a religious dystopia where like these religious people had taken over and caused like a dark age. And Anyway, any good. Good times, accidental time machine. Check it out. Okay. A regular time machine, not accidental time machine. H.G. Wells' time machine, also really good. My favorite scene in that movie was when he was traveling forward in time and there was a tailor's shop across the street. And he was watching, like, as he pushed the lever forward to have him travel through time, you see the sun, like, orbiting, like, going, rising and setting, rising and setting, until it's just, like, a band of light that goes across, Mm -hmm. like, the dark sky. And he looks across, and he sees the mannequins, and they have the skirts that go like down to the ankle up to the knee down to the ankle up to the knee and the and the same with like the chest lines on the ladies' glasses yeah, yeah, are yeah. like down up down up as he's like going through years and years of different fashion it was very it was a very cool a very cool effect for the for that movie
1: oh yeah yeah well and you know he goes into the far future and sees
0: the Eloy and the Morlocks.
1: Mm-hmm. uh jeremy irons it was jeremy iron and Eloy? Yeah, he was the uh, guy. He was, like,
0: blue and had long white hair. And, like, his brain went all the way down his back. And they had—they actually had a—he went into, like, the near future. And I think what it had—the thing that had happened was that we had— we're mining on the moon and accidentally cracked it open. Um, And so, like, debris rained down on Earth um, and uh, killed most people. And that kind of was the end of that civilization, so— no, we didn't we didn't mention that in previous episodes, yeah, That's, we did well, did I not talk about the book seven Eves? Mm-mm. Seven Eves, super good book. The first thing that happens on the first page is that the moon explodes and basically over the next like within like two to three years bits and chunks of, of the moon will start raining down on the planet to the point where it will boil all of the seas off and like sterilize the entire surface it should only last for maybe 10 or 15,000 years and then but but of course by then we'll, we'll all be dead um, and so the book is about humanity scrabbling in its last few years to try to figure out how to survive this cataclysmic event super good seven eves check it out okay alright <clears throat> Well, so we've talked about Back to the
1: Future, we've talked yep. about Terminator, we kinda talked about twelve monkeys. We, we, I mean yeah. I mean we we we, we uh,
0: if we were playing a game of Boulder Dash, we could have we could've we could have boulder dashed our way through. But uh, but <laughs> we don't want to do that to you, uh, dear <laughs> listeners. We wanna make sure the information um. that we give you is quasi accurate. Yep.
1: And we and we talked about the time machine. Uh, about the the paradoxical nature of time uh, of time travel mm-hmm, and how mm-hmm. the universe will not let you create a paradox, so things will happen in order to make sure that there is no paradox. Let's talk about some oh, questionable time traveling movies. Uh, one that you brought up was Looper.
0: Yeah. Um, so Looper was a time travel movie. And its main and its main point was that you couldn't murder people in the future anymore because forensics were too good. So instead, you put a time machine vest on them or whatever, and you send them back in time, and then somebody in the past murders them. I had a lot of issues with that just right there. Like Yeah, that like, that like very very weird plot conceit. Time travel is so omnipresent that just like Ran, like murderous criminals can get their hands on them like our governments having like time wars between each other where like each government has like people going back and trying to stop the people from doing the things that are trying to do the things that are trying to stop the people that are getting sent back from this like that would have been a much better story
1: Okay. okay, it would have been a it would have been a crazy story.
0: So, that being said, criminals send people back in time to get murdered, but the one thing that they said at the very beginning, things in one loop cannot affect the next loop because it's a different loop. Right? It's a total, it's a different it's a different timeline. And then
1: And then they proceed to spend the
0: whole movie affecting the next not only that but like in the in the climactic scene he doesn't he shoot himself or allow himself to be shot he he shoots himself shoots himself which like erases the and then the other dude's just not there even though they said at the beginning things that change in one loop don't affect other loops and so they're zero points zero out of ten yep the rest of the movie could have been great
1: even earlier in that movie like somebody didn't close their loop. So the whole idea of like closing the loop was all the assassins in the past would then all, when they out, had outlived their usefulness in the future, would get sent back to the past to have them their past selves murder them, murder them, and that closed their loop. Earlier in the movie, there was one Looper that did not close the loop. He he let his future self go, and so what they did to go capture the future self is they took the present self and. Tortured him, and like took his leg off, and so then oh yeah, like and then, his then, yeah. future self yeah. lost his leg. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, like that. See, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it, it was, it was a fun action movie, ish, but like it took itself so seriously that like I couldn't get behind the plot
0: holes in the in the time travel. Wasn't there? Bit. S- yeah. It, because the time travel was such an important part of the plot and like what was going on that it should have been it should have remained consistent f- story wise for it to work like if you're if you're doing hot tub time machine right it's not super critical that for the story to tell no because
1: right. when you're using time travel as uh, just a narrative framework to tell like a fun story about something else like once again the time travel mechanics in totally killer terrible but it was really just to facilitate a what if somebody from 2023 went back into the 80s um and it was also an 80s slasher flick that they went back in time to that's it like it was it was just a plot hook for the rest of (laughs) the movie to happen and and so and that's it like i was very forgiving of that but looper looper took its time travel mechanics very seriously which made the when they broke that made it really glaring and i'm like i i don't know about this
0: yeah if the egghead is walking you through like how the time travel works and there may or may not be diagrams and chalkboards and stuff then at least just do just stick with what you just said like you just said it just do that thing that you just said <laughs> think of a better story yeah absolutely time wars between governments <laughs> um back back with that this is
1: also like a really bad 80s movie but time cop with Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay. Like, that was the I've whole thing. have seen pre- the splits. Yeah. If you're yep. not, then yep. you should. Media recommendation <laughs> those splits. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> From Time <Did> you, Cop. Jean Claude <laughs> Van Damme, let's go. Um, but the whole, per, uh, so the movie wasn't all that great, but like the whole plot conceit of that was time travel exists, and their whole organization was to, I mean, kind of like Loki, protect the timeline. Protect the timeline. Like, so people would go back in time. And time cops would be sent back in time to, like, make sure history stays the same. And, like, so I can see, like, government time wars and things like that. Like, all right, what would that look like? Okay, so now we have, like, treaties. Like, you don't go back in time and stop us. We don't go back in time and stop you. But we have our own secret organizations doing a whole bunch of espionage to make sure, like,
0: that – like, so like, the we can that only go back for like scientific purposes or whatever. Yeah, like, wink, Ant- like Antarctica. <laughs> we all know what's going on in Antarctica, okay? You're not <laughs> hiding it
1: from anybody. <laughs> we'll be talking about that in the H.B. Lovecraft oh my episode.
0: God, I'm so terrified of it. Like, everything I read about Antarctica just makes me think that I'm like, yeah, there could be a city of Elder Things under there, and we wouldn't even know. Like, we wouldn't even know. We wouldn't know. Um, so, like, so I think, uh, Quantum Leap does a really is like the perfect thing of what you're describing right because like uh dr sam beckett theorizing that one could travel within one's own lifetime stepped Mm -hmm. into the quantum accelerator and vanished which is like all we know kind of about the time travel Mm -hmm. in quantum leap but it's not it's not a time travel story it's a it's a it's a story about other stuff it's a story about people
1: yeah and him Making sure certain events happen a certain way to once again protect the timeline,
0: and a um, very feel-good show in a very feel-good way. I haven't seen the new one, um, so I don't know if it's as feel-goody. But if you ever just want just like like a pretty, just like a nice wholesome stuff to watch, like watch some Quantum Leap. It's like it's a, really good. Like a a cup of warm tea
1: on a fall day. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what that TV show
0: was. and a big old hug from Scott Bakula.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I would accept a hug from Scott Beckham. Oh, I would hug Scott Beckham, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, no, Quantum Leap did a really great job of what they did wouldn't necessarily affect the timeline. Like, or or like what they were doing is they were making sure paradoxes don't happen, mm-hmm. and and protecting Protect. the timeline that exists. Like, mm-hmm. they're not creating alternate realities. They're they're and one would make the argument that that the timeline exists because Sam Beckett went back in time which, and made sure those things happened.
0: Which I believe is, is heavily implied if not stated out right. But like in Sam Beckett's original timeline, uh, Jackie Kennedy was also assassinated with JFK. Both her and JFK were killed in that car. Um, but of course through Sam's machinations when he was when he leaped back to that point i think he might have been lee harvey oswald um, um he was he he, oh, was he, it, the, he kept
1: he kept uh leaping to different people of that that whole event
0: when it was happening around mm-hmm. and, and and
1: one of and and that was like the cliffhanger when he did another leap and he was lee harvey oswald and that was where the episode ended oh, with it to be continued and i you know you're just like oh <gasps>
0: I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go watch that episode. Yeah, I'm gonna it's go watch
1: really, really good <clears throat> television. Uh, I mean, it's totally like late '80s, early '90s television, but it was really the good the whole television. dynamic between Sam and Al is really good. And then the final episode's heartbreaking when <sighs> when he makes the realizations like I'm never.
0: He doesn't get home.
1: Yep i I'm never going home, am I? And and all Al can say is, "Godspeed." And you're just like, "Oh my god. I'm Ugh, gut wrench.
0: I'm really hoping I don't know if the the new Quantum Leap got renewed for a second season. I believe it did. You I think believe so? I
1: believe I saw a trailer for season 2 on television when we were watching The Mass Singer. Oh, The Mass
0: Singer. How's The Mass Singer this season?
1: Uh, it's like every season. Who you got know, your just money a delight. Was that? Got, who do you got your money on? Um, right now the Candlebra. The what? Uh Candelabra? Candelabra, sorry.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, the candle bra.
1: Sorry. It it's one of those uh, it's one of those words that you, you read a lot, but you don't say out loud a lot. <laughs>
0: uh, candle, candle it's 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 a it's a it's a lumiere. Yeah, yeah. Basically okay, okay. basically she's a female Lumiere is and she sounds great. Do you, do you have a, do you have a guess of who she is? Do you wanna go on record and say who you think she is right now? <laughs> um I do think so.
1: There's another mass singer that is the donut, and I'm pretty sure it's Tom Jones.
0: Okay, Tom Jones and donut. There you go. He's putting his money down. Yep, yep. That's Um, uh, that's my guess. You heard it here first. I mean, we already dated the episode by talking about the starship launch this morning. So yeah,
1: yep. Um, So so now we have no choice but to get this episode out on time.
0: And I need to watch. (laughs) And I need to watch the mass singer. So (laughs) Um,
1: anyway, so Looper, not a good time machine. Or time travel movie it it has some really great set pieces but that's kind of all it had really going for it and the fact that they uh made joseph gordon lovett look like a young bruce willis <laughs> that was, was very impressive. There, i remember about
0: it it was they did it was it was it cg was it prosthetics was it probably both It was like, a little bit of both i think because it was actually kind of weird like it was weirdly good and i was like yeah it kind of looks like a young bruce willis
1: um, they didn't spend the budget on rewrites of the script. That's for sure they spent the, um and we talked about quantum leap, how it its time travel conceit like made for very little paradoxal opportunities
0: interstellar not my favorite not my <laughs> favorite time travel movie although because. 99% of it is really 95% of it they could go through the time dilation effect as they approach the so, black hole so good so, so good yeah my, i'm making my... i'm making the what are these called is it italian fingers <laughs> yes you're <laughs> you're making like the chef's the, the chef's kiss and, uh, so good i mean no like the the first
1: <clears throat> so i i kind of think of that movie in in like three acts the first act is uh how you know the blight on the world and how it's very important that we go and investigate this alien signal that they get. And then the second act is them exploring space, right? They, they go through the time travel thing or not the time travel, they go through the wormhole thing. They end up in a, another, uh, solar system. Um, you know, they're doing, and the time dilation with the black hole, you know, like all of that stuff, like this is good science fiction in that we are not doing any fantasy elements this is like speculative fiction based on what we know about science right now cool robots and cool robots and and then the third act is like well how are we going to end this time travel
0: i I don't know bro how about time travel man
1: so um yeah if if the whole movie was about time travel i might have been a little bit more forgiving of it but the fact that i was i was led a certain way and then it did like a A turn at the in the third act like it it makes the movie hard to watch
0: it reminded me a lot of children of the mind third book in the ender's game series okay um granted the whole the whole ender saga except for ender's game was way more like metaphysical when it came to like and philosophizing and stuff and i'm okay with that right because like even i always give interstellar a hard time because like it was the power of love or something that, that let um, him find Murph in the Strings of Time. Um, no, what do they call him in back, uh, in Bill and-, <gasps> Bill and Ted? Yep. Bill oh, and We talk have. about Bill and Ted. <laughs> All right, we will right now. Um, yeah, um, we, we'll, no, the, interstell- circuits, the Circuits of Time. So he's able to find Murph through the Circuits of Time from the power of love or whatever, which I guess is, I mean, it's fine, but it didn't feel appropriate for that movie. Whereas when I read Children of the Mind, I have, you have like three books of them talking about how like outside the universe and intelligence comes from like these shiny points outside and they get brought in when like new beings are created. And then when those, and they called it like your IO. Um, It's like your, it's it's essentially like your soul and they talk about how like when two IOs um, are like close to each other and like aligned in purpose, then they become like entangled similar to the way that the Ansible technology works in Ender's Game. So like all this stuff was like pretty metaphysical, but it all kind of boiled down to like, you know, you could like hang around with somebody and then your souls would become entangled, which is why when they leave, it's very sad. I totally bought it in that book because that whole book was very metaphysical and philosophizing you
1: you you weren't baited and switched correct correct is a really long bait and switch
0: and it's and it's the climax too which is what's upsetting right like because i'm seeing all this cool speculative fiction stuff and then the fix is not a speculative fiction thing it's 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 uh let's wrap this up yeah it's like let's wrap this up (laughs) they could have stuck the ending better uh the the Mm -hmm. circuits of time looked great yeah and I guess he like was moving dust on a bookshelf or something, is that yep, yeah, 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 he was like plucking strings i, I it, it was I
1: don't remember very well because i haven't did, What I, did he
0: do like what did he accomplish when he was uh he got the past? he
1: he got him to go into space in the first place, oh because uh, boot- like he wasn't going to go
0: oh, it was a bootstrap paradox mm-hmm. okay, okay, yep, okay,
1: so let's talk about bill and Ted, um, and then we'll talk about a couple of honorable mentions that aren't quite time travel movies but more time loop movies we could do a whole episode on time loop movies and i think we should but we'll we'll just kind of tease it at at the at the end here but bill and ted's excellent adventure once again also just a fun movie and and let's see what happens when we get socrates abe
0: lincoln napoleon in 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 modern day and what's great Uh, similar to Hot Tub Time Machine, I'm going to have to watch it again to be sure, but I think they did a really good job of obeying all of their time travel rules. They did. Like, it all... It was a really good time travel movie, even, even at the end when they escaped uh the jail by saying that we what, need
1: to remember to go back in
0: time to steal your dad's keys because yeah. the whole movie his dad's looking for his keys bill where are my keys or ted where are my keys where are my keys oh, i don't know man and then it turned out that ted did take his dad keys because they once they got the time machine they went back in time took the keys and hid them under the bush so yeah. that they
1: could yeah they had a list of things that they needed to remember to do remember after to do. the uh after the exam uh <laughs> So, obviously, it was all happened off-screen, but they obviously went and did it. They did it.
0: Um, And then the culmination of that was in Bogus Journey, where they have, like, the time travel battle with the other guy who has has the time machine, and they're both, like, doing it, and he's, like, they trap him in a cage, and he's like, ah, but I also can play the time game. I can go back and provide myself with this key, and, like, unlocks the cage and walks out, and it's... Yeah, I mean, it reminds
1: me a little bit of the... uh, uh Sandman fight between uh, Morpheus and Lucifer. Did you ever read Sandman?
0: No. Uh, I think I read. Wait, is that recently made into a Netflix? It was recently made okay. into a Netflix show. I think I've listened to the first half, maybe, because it was released as an audio drama, and the second okay. half hasn't happened yet. Yep. but
1: So, so he he engages Lucifer with a battle of words. Morpheus. Morpheus does. Yep. And I am a rat. Uh, I'm sneaky and 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 cunning. It's like, okay, I'm a snake. I eat rats. Oh, okay. Well, then I am an eagle, and you know, and like they're they're are they having a shape shifting battle? No, they're. It's just a battle of words. Oh, it's it's just a a, a con- like conceptual like who can think of the most interesting deadly. Thing, or like the thing that cannot be destroyed or consumed by something else and i'm not going to spoil that fight for you because it's actually really 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 cool but uh that's what that bogus journey fight reminds me of it's like I'll be a oh black hole. yeah
0: <laughs> i'll be a slightly bigger black hole thin, elliptical, <laughs> elliptical or so yeah, you yeah. pull your energy off yeah
1: yeah I'm you're like, you you're jumping to the end of the fight. Oh, sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Well, I mean, if that's the game, then you may as well, He's like, I'm a rat. And I'm like, I'm a black hole. <laughs> Just going straight. You, you heard of spaghettification? Because <laughs> it's about to happen.
1: <clears throat> um, but uh, no, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Super, super fun. Good.
0: Uh, and actually, uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, Bill and Ted's bogus journey, and Bill and Ted face the music all strong time travel recommendations they're just really good movies i'd like the third one
1: yeah i mean i thought the third one was was super fun
0: it maybe it maybe could have done itself some favors by maybe trying to be more of a ghostbusters afterlife and like jumpstart more if they yeah, wanted yeah yeah like
1: like the 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 two kids yeah. maybe stumbling across the photo uh, the phone booth and like going on hijinks because it didn't really they, feel... They did kind of do that, but it, like, that wasn't like the centralized plot of the yeah. story.
0: Yeah, and so they maybe, would, should, have, maybe should have picked Elaine better, either just make it a Bill and Ted movie or make it a Bill and Ted's daughters movie. They, mm-hmm. were both, they had both had daughters? Yep. Yeah.
1: Both some offshoot of Bill and Ted. Yeah. Because in Bogus Journey, is like, this is little Bill, this yeah. is little Ted. Little Ted. Um, <clears throat> and then they retconned it to be daughters. So, honorable mentions... We have uh, Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow, and uh, you know, like really so, great, like like time time loop
0: time loop movies. Uh, yeah, so if you want a good, if you want a happy time loop movie, go watch Groundhog Day. If you want an awesome action time loop movie, go watch. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. I didn't see Happy Death Day. Did you see Happy Death Day? I did see Happy Death Day. See, and it was... It was a time loop movie. Time loop horror. Uh,
1: yep, mashup with a, with a slasher movie.
0: Nice, there you go. And then I think my favorite one from Star Trek was cause and effect when they were uh, trapped in the time loop of the ship coming out of oh, the spatial Oh, is this Kelsey, rift. Kelsey Grammer's yep. guest star? Yep, yep. On um, the USS Bozeman, and they, they were going through loops, and then they were able to uh, implant a message into data... That would survive going through loops and then um i just remember afterwards they talked about how they had been trapped there for like three weeks so they had to realign their ship's clocks with like navigation buoys and they had been in that loop for like three weeks which is better than having been in that loop well, for, for like like years 20 years yeah so. like kelsey grammar ship yeah who, who had yeah. been there for like 70 years <clears throat> um
1: but yeah the well i think it was like what we perceive as like deja vu is was uh, like a ripple effect of of like time loops and, and things like that. So everybody on the ship kept having weird deja vu moments, and that's what they weaponized to ultimately get themselves out of the time loop. Yeah. Anyway, cause and effect. Cause and effect. Super good. Um, mm-hmm. Great episode. Groundhog Day. Like once again, the the timey wiminess of it. The time loop was less about the the science of what a time loop is and more just this is a story about a asshole kind of self-discovering that he was a jerk and and like becoming a better person through reliving the same day for who knows how long like like years they, i mean yeah. it,
0: it was decades probably maybe longer like who knows He was like a small g god like in that in that day um in that town he was like a small g god Mm -hmm. knew everybody's names knew everybody's secrets dog bark gust of wind yep um
1: kind of makes you wonder like what the down days were were like like he's he's, like you know what i'm just not gonna do anything today. he
0: sat on on the bed and threw cards into the hat he's like like, give it give it six or seven months and you'll be and you'll be good at it (laughs) Um, i mean how long like how long does it take you to in, a, in an hour-long piano lesson, how many hour-long piano lessons does it take to get to where you can do, like, the concert-level jazz piano? Yeah. Um, a lot. Just, yeah. And that was just that. And that was just <laughs> that. Because he has to go and he had to, like, save that kid who fell out of the tree. Anyway, um, yeah, Groundhog's Day. Fun movie. Super good. There's also a really good... The guy who plays uh, Ned the Head, Needle nose mm-hmm. Ned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has a podcast but he does a really good like an in-depth behind the scenes of groundhog's day and like the making of um i think it's like an hour and a half long episode i 100 percent suggest it oh yeah um, it i mean i just really wish
1: my, my only i just wish that the legacy of groundhog day wasn't wasn't so sad you know that was uh the movie that ruined bill murray and uh harold remus's friendship
0: Oh, did And, it? Was and,
1: it? and, and uh, that's how they were not on speaking terms until Harold Remus was on his deathbed. And that's when they finally buried the hatchet. It was, it was that movie was the reason why Ghostbusters 3 essentially never happened. Interesting. Because Bill Murray was in kind of a bad place and Harold Remus kind of set boundaries and, and it, it, their friendship never recovered interesting yeah uh there's there it, it's it's a really sad story but groundhog day wonderful movie
0: how do you say that
1: uh tobolowski
0: tobolowski so the guy who played ned um is named Stephen tobolowski and he has a podcast called the tobolowski files which is where you can go um and listen to that really good um behind the scenes for groundhog's day uh episode
1: perfect well
0: speaking of podcasts if you're still
1: listening to us right now through this episode uh thank you so much and hi mom (laughs) and you can also follow our instagram um if you have any comments or questions or even episode requests please uh send us a email at uh i have something to say about that first letter of all of those words at gmail.com
0: it's not that hard if you think about it like just (laughs) trust me it's not that hard
1: uh or follow us on instagram and uh comment on our stuff and uh well once again thank you for listening to this very special timey-wimey episode of i have something to say about that and uh we will see you again in the future
0: to that song, the In The Air 2525, 25, you know that song? Yes. Okay. <laughs>